Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about self-reliance and building a more resilient lifestyle. Hang on and join us for your latest emergency preparedness information, building a better you in the face of life's disruptions, and all those other crazy stuff that's driving us nuts in today's world. I'm your host, Jeff. Let's get at it. All right, welcome back and thanks for joining us. I thought I'd have had a little fun today, inject some sarcastic humor here, and have a chat about our friends over there on the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory wing. You know them all, you've seen them all over TV. They come in the form of anti vaxxers to government conspiracy that 9 11 and COVID 19 is a government manufactured incident to reach some conclusion that the government is right now just executing a master plan. And my best favorite that's all over YouTube and the internet right now is that we are in the midst of a great reset that they're going to use, and and they don't ever clearly nullify who they are, but I think it's hilarious. They're going to reset and reorganize how our economies of the world are constructed and how the world operates through the introduction of a COVID-19 into society around the world to cause such significant economic and social and political disruption that we will actually turn out to be complicit and compliant with major significant changes that are coming to happen. And I'll give you a great example, and it's in Naomi Klein's book, The Shock Doctrine. And it's all about the capitalistic advantage that comes out of disaster. You know, it's called disaster capitalism and how corporations swoop in and make great profit. Well, look at the Louisiana, the, the area around Louisiana and the school district system. Now, in the U.S., they had been trying to introduce charter schools into regions around uh, southern Louisiana in around New Orleans for decades, but were unable to because the people were exceptionally protective and caring of their public school system. Along comes Hurricane Katrina. And as the book quotes, and I'm not going to quote directly, but I want to give her credit for it, is that it is essentially Hurricane Katrina did for the capitalist uh, school system more than anybody could have done in several years. So eventually, over a period of decades, the, f- the fight to put charter schools in failed. In rolls a hurricane, destroyed everything. The only way it was going to get re- federal money to be rebuilt is if charter schools were allowed and boom. And a single natural disaster was able to destroy the entire public education system in Louisiana and start a for-profit capitalistic charter school system. So it's not a question in this case or other cases where the federal government has the, uh, the ability to control a natural disaster or something at that scale, like a Hurricane Katrina, but they had the people waiting in the wing. And when we study public policy, you study people called policy entrepreneurs. And these are individuals who believe in a solution. So they have a solution, they just don't have a problem i.e. people here in Canada that want to severely restrict access to uh, semi-automatic firearms, uh, especially the scary looking ones, because they believe 
and we're not going to argue rightfully or wrongly, but they believe that by making these weapons unavailable to Canadian citizens, that Canada will be a safer place and scary guns won't be around anymore. So they are a policy entrepreneur. They have a system. Oh, sorry, they have a solution. So what they do is they lobby governments regularly. They're constantly meeting with key members of government and cabinet, etc., depending on what parties. They're, they're putting their, their solution forward. They're telling how it can improve, etc. But a lot of times these policy entrepreneurs are unsuccessful until they run into something called a policy window. And when a window opens, sometimes it can be from something completely unrelated or something that is related. So we had that uh, massacre in Nova Scotia where 22 wonderful lives were snuffed out by an absolute idiot with a gun. Uh, and all of a sudden, the policy entrepreneurs who had this ready-made solution found the problem to go with the solution. So the policy entrepreneurs found their problem. They jumped through the open policy window. They met with the politicians who were looking to get some great points from the public and probably thought that wasn't a bad idea anyhow and they were successful so no the policy entrepreneurs did not orchestrate the disaster the massacre but they were ready willing and able to launch this policy solution once a problem presented itself so that happens a lot in public policy and it happens a lot in and around tinfoil hat conspiracy theories because what you see is all of a sudden you'll have a pandemic come out such as this that trust me the human race is, is far nowhere near as an intelligent uh, as orchestrating this and agreeing upon this and keeping it quiet between all the governments but the people will see this as an opportunity and right now you see a lot of people stuffing ballots for universal basic income or universal guaranteed income and there's a whole bunch of ways to describe that process but again these are people with policy entrepreneurs who have solutions aka they think that a universal basic income is a solution to all the problems society has they just can't find a problem big enough to convince the government and people to enact it on comes a pandemic now the window is open a little bit and maybe the policy entrepreneurs are able to crack that window open of ubi crawl through it and get enough people persuaded that maybe something akin to it at least maybe some baby steps are brought in so you see that in the policy entrepreneur side why is this related to tinfoil hat because there are people out there that believe we as a society are controlled by a small group of people who are similar to puppet masters and basically move the human existence along a certain pattern and protect uh, the power that they retain, the wealth that they retain, the organizational structure of the human existence on this world. They've been called the Illuminati. They've been called the Bilderberg Group, which actually does get together, uh, and nobody really knows who they are, but uh, they've also been called the people who meet in Switzerland. And this is, you know, a cone to the name of the town they stay in, 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 De in Davos, sorry. Uh, and so these are a lot of the, the really principal high price players in the financial services and government uh, sovereign debt, sovereign money arenas. And they get together and there's a lot of people thinking that there are a lot of underground agreements and meetings going on that are basically agreeing how the financial system that underpins the success of human existence on this planet keeps going you know we need to give starving people in Africa enough food so they don't all get angry and 
run us all over and take over the continent, but we also don't want to give them enough money that they can actually stand on their own two feet. You know, when the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, gives loans to uh, countries to try to build large infrastructure projects, they set them with a crippling debt, a debt that likely this country is never going to be able to pay back. But what it does is it keeps it under the control of people who have a call on that money so that as those infrastructure, the needs and the growth might turn a little left or right of what the international order would say, the International Monetary Fund just tightens the noose a little bit, brings the country back into line, and we're all fine. And there's, a, there's something to those conspiracy theories. But again, tinfoil hat has us way up here. And I know you can't see me, but my hand's like hovering above my head here. And it's like that there is some small group of human beings chosen by some society, secret society, like go watch the movie The Skulls or something, uh, that controls the human existence. Again, the number of levers that would have to be pulled in concert with each other to make that even a rational possibility on the face of this earth uh, is, is pretty extraordinary. It, it's beyond extraordinary. It's crazy extraordinary. Just, just look at your own local government, okay? Look at your own federal government. And I'm a Canadian, so look at Canada here. We're having trouble figuring out whether we should give contracts to, the be to our best friends when we're in government. And don't worry, the conservatives did it just as much as the liberals. We're just hammering the current folks that are in power right now. So all of the political parties in Canada do this. You go in, you get into party and you hand out a whole bunch to, of contracts to party-friendly corporations and then seem to be aghast in this apologetic look on your face that you had no idea. But it's exactly what you've been doing for 50 years, 100 years that your party may or may have not been in power and it's been normal. Or you have the organization that couldn't figure out how to protect a simple website from a hack of people changing passwords and, and getting banking information stolen, yet you believe that somehow this group of individuals at a slightly higher echelon are capable of managing the affairs of the world, keeping everybody in tow, managing seven and a half million people or billion people, and you know all the wealth that, that humanity has created. I think it's it's hilarious. But I mean, listen, if you want to think that there's that much control, uh, that would be very much like uh, believing in a religion that says everything is preordained and planned. So go out there and do whatever you want to do because some high power has already got it laid out for you, right? There's the same logic in both. So all you're doing is transposing uh, this religious figure for a small group of humans sitting around some magical castle in the German Alps or in South America somewhere planning the next evolution of humanity and where we're going to go. But listen, those folks are out there. And if you believe that stuff, uh, that's kind of incredible. Uh, why does this matter in a self-reliant life? Well, listen, it's kind of funny. Because up to this point, I mean, everything we've done on this uh, channel has all been about you coming up with plans, you simplifying your life, uh, you accepting the fact that you're responsible for your own outcomes, which means the decisions you make will decide how you turn out in the end of this grand adventure. Uh, and that if some the disruption happens to you, you're the one responsible for adjusting swing fire left, swing fire right. You're the person responsible for 
ensuring that the outcome is the positive one that you lead. And yet you're faced with all kinds of this tinfoil hat stuff that comes out of nowhere and it talks about things that are ridiculous and you're like, how can this be? Or what I find is more often than not, people that are thinking self-reliant, they're, they're thinking to themselves, how are people dumb enough to believe this stuff? Again, this is maintaining the aim. This is about you understanding, hey, listen, I got a goal. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm trying to move my family towards. I'm going to keep doing that. You know what? I'm actually going to have a little bit of fun with these folks who happen to believe that this tinfoil hat stuff may be right they're out there have have a great time with them etc uh, don't let it bother you um, but don't get drawn down a rabbit hole because you could go down a long drawn out discussion rabbit hole with somebody who's convinced that the mercury and vaccines causes autism there's nothing you can do for people like that um, there's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect uh, from psychology and it basically means that people are unaware of how dumb they are in other words they're so dumb they don't know they're dumb and so they in a politically correct sense it's that people's belief in their knowledge and their capability far exceeds reality is a politically way to do with them and then you can just kind of have a bit of fun with them and say listen i think the dunning-kruger effect is is big in our conversation today and i think uh and i think it's fairly dangerous and they're like yeah absolutely yeah 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 i heard about that and then you could just have a grand fun with them because you have to listen let's be serious these conspiracy th folks out there oh wow they, you can just go on so i'll give you a little bit of a challenge and i think it's a lot of fun and i did this a couple of times go on the internet if you have a couple of minutes some spare time and you dive into the internet and you say to yourself uh, let's see how far down a rabbit hole and conspiracy theories I can get. And what's really good for it is YouTube. And the reason I say that is there are a lot of people that, that, that are so convinced in these tinfoil hat theories about societal control and government execution of master plans and reorganization and, you know, the violence that's going to beset our society once the food runs off the grocery stores and, and all of these conspiracy tinfoil hat theories that are out there their videography is pretty slick let me seriously go you check out some of these these video channels and they've got some slick sound and video editing and and it's exceptionally well done i mean it, you know when anonymous is up there and, and there's some figure and a guy fox max you know at least you get what the eating behind it and now these people have put a lot of significant effort and work in and that's part of their persuasion and influence it's it's the biggest pro modern example is your anti-vax movement uh that is starting to reel its ugly head now when we talk about potential covid19 vaccines and how they won't use them their campaigns against the vaccine are already slick i mean they've got some pretty pretty well attuned structural arguments against it of course they're all false but it doesn't matter if they're false because they're well presented they're presented with the idea and in a framework of pseudoscience even or sciency as we like to say you know it sounds really sciency to me and they have these really cool references and and i love the fact and somebody says you know it was posted in a peer-reviewed journal sure yeah absolutely did you know the church of demonic saints has a peer-reviewed journal there are medical peer-reviewed journals that 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 medicine wouldn't touch with a peer with a with a ten-foot pole, but they're peer-reviewed journals. So you just can't take the fact that it's peer-reviewed, um, 
to mean it's awesome because then you need to understand something called confirmation bias, i.e. if I have a conspiracy theory that the vaccine for COVID-19 uh, is manufactured to with a little chip in it by Bill Gates so he can all uh, link us up to this massive international uh, database and track all of human beings. You know, I can find a couple of sciences out there that believe the probability of that occurring is true. And these sciences might even have their PhDs. And I can get three of them to peer review them and give great commentary on it. And then I can publish it in an online peer reviewed journal that supports that mine. And guess what I've just done? I've just produced peer reviewed science that says exactly what I wanted to say. So you have to be a little bit more uh, more um, care, shall we say, when you investigate that peer-reviewed things that you look. You shouldn't have to look very far to understand the difference, but it's out there. But you as an individual, it's it's part of that. The big message I want to give you today when as we close here is, is that it's all about the information. You got to have fun. You got to have enjoyment in life. But you have to be able to look at the information and the thought process that's presented and do a little investigation. This goes way back to in part of my early preparedness series that I did. And I talked about the value of journalism in today's society. They have a great investigative capability that you and I never will. We'll never be able to go in depth and dig out all of these things. But what they do is they add this cool commentary and thought to it. And I'm a large believer that that's just junk. You just throw that stuff away. What you're looking for is facts. So if the uh, journalist says, listen, we've looked, we've talked to seven experts in the field and all of them concur that this is a highly improbable. Okay, that's great. That doesn't mean it's highly improbable. That means the seven people that you spoke to, to confirm your bias and your opinion, reinforced what you had already decided you were going to publish. I know that sounds conspiratorial, but that's where you go back and you look at the source data that you found or that was presented by the journalist and you read the source data. You look at the source data yourself and come to your own conclusions. Does this in fact say that the null hypothesis could not be confirmed? Or does it just simply say that we asked a hundred women whether they were scared of violence and 80% of the respondents said they were scared of violence. So now we can say 80% of women are scared of violence when you only asked women. But those parts are sometimes left out of journalistic things that are designed for revenue, ad ratings, clickbait, call it whatever you will. There's very few journalists who will actually lie to you, but there are very few journalists who will actually present the raw facts without giving you an opinion or a conclusion on it and just letting you come to the conclusion based upon the facts that have been logically laid out in a chronological order. This happened, then this happened, then this happened. And we know it happened because of this piece of evidence that I have. And here's where you can go see that piece of evidence. That kind of journalistic integrity is rare. It exists, but unfortunately it's rare because it's more about revenue. So it's about you understanding all that freaking information that's out there. Have some fun with it, but understand the value of your brain in analyzing through this tinfoil hat conspiracies. So I wish you the best of luck on YouTube. See what crazy stuff you can find out there. But remember to put that little ear to your ground and say, really? 
Is this really what I heard? Is this, do they really think this is happening? And if somebody says, oh, trust me, I can't present the evidence, then you can say, well, very much. Like I said in the episode five, I think it was, one of the key reasons of success, trust but verify. I trust the people that are in my tight inner circle, but I also verify what they tell me. And it's not because I don't trust them. It's because I need to verify with the authentic sources that the information, because they may have succumbed to, I saw it on the internet and it came from a so-and-so news agency.net. Therefore, I'm going to simply share it with all of my friends because it must be true. Anyhow, conspiracy theories are a lot of fun. Please continue to enjoy them. Uh, have yourself a great day. Thanks for joining us here at uh, Inside My Canoe Head. Next week's episode, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to talk about bug out bags, those cool little things that are all over the internet that everybody seems to have. And I, I, I'm just going to have some fun with it. We're going to joke about it. We're going to laugh about it. Uh, throw a little bit of seriousness stuff in there. But uh, join us next week on Inside My Canoe Head when we talk about the bug out bag and the absolute ridiculous ideas that we see all over the internet. Have yourself a great time and stay safe.